going to be in John chapter 11. So if anyone needs a Bible, uh, we've got some back there. We can grab them for you. Uh, Aaron, maybe you can grab some of them Bibles if someone needs one. Now this week, as we get going, Jesus is actually returning to Jerusalem. As he's returning to Jerusalem, this is right after they tried to stone him. Um, you can imagine that. I don't know. So now Jesus and the disciples have went... It's about 20 miles to the other side of the river, across from Jerusalem, and they're there. Now, many of you know we've been in the book of Luke, but today we're going to be in John chapter 11. And the reason is, is this is kind of like how the timeline works. As I left off before in Luke, now the story is kind of picking up in John. So we're going to continue walking with Jesus as he walks. So... Today is a, really a part one of three series as we go through John chapter 11. So today, the title of the message I've titled is called The Request. Then the next, next week will be The Situation. Then the next week will be The Response. So we're going to take three weeks to go through John chapter 11. Um, now as we go through John kind of transitioning from being a little, we should understand that John actually picked out many stories. You know, he only included a small bit of what he really could have wrote. So these particular stories that John has given us is really, his focus is to prove to everyone that Jesus is God. So we will see that today through our passage. And I just, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see the proof of Jesus proving to us he is who he says he is. So right before we get going into the scripture, again, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we just dive into your word, Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us, Lord. If there's just one thing that uh, you would speak to us, Lord, that we could take from this and take out into our week, Lord, that we could apply to our lives, or Lord, that we could be encouraged, Lord, and go out and share with others, or Lord, if it's just something that would uh, help us, Lord, Lord, just speak to us. Let us just try to focus in on your word now. I know it's hot, Lord, that we'll put that aside just here for a half hour, Lord, just honor this time that we're taking just to sit here and sweat together. Usually I'd say fellowship. And Lord, just honor that, Lord. And speak to us today, Lord. Lord, I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Got your Bibles? John chapter 11. Remember, we'll start with the first three verses. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured out the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. This story really starts with a reintroduction of this family. This family you can see is three siblings, two sisters and one brother. We see that they are from this town of Bethany, which is only about two miles outside of Jerusalem. But we can see previously, if you want to, we're not going to turn today, we're going to kind of go fast. But you could have seen in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, that Jesus has already known this family. This is not the first time, the first encounter with the ministry to this family. And from that other story, we learned many lessons, the first encounter, we learned the importance of spending time with Jesus. If you remember when she was at Jesus' feet, when she was cooking, 
And we learned that the importance of spending time with Jesus and not being so wor worried about all the affairs and the things going on in our lives. We know that Jesus already had a relationship with this family. And this family already meant a lot to Jesus. And they really loved Jesus. Now the next time that we do hear about this family is in the story that we'll be studying today in John chapter 11. Look at verse 2. You can also see it mentioned that this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume. If you were to look forward, that would be in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. We're not going to get into that story today. But this is just to give you a little context of who this Mary and Martha are and who this Lazarus is. Because you have to be careful because there's at least four different Marys mentioned in the New Testament. So it can be easy to confuse on who we're talking about today. And this Mary and Martha is mentioned four separate times. There's four different stories on that. We just looked at three. The last one is in Matthew 21, 17. And it's interesting. That is the last days before the crucifixion. John chapter 11. So these sisters here, we read them first three verses, right? There you go, the request. So our first three verses, we're going to reread them just to start. Verse 1, I tell you, oh, back, head one page. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured out the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very, very sick. So we talked a little bit about that here just a second ago. Now realize now you can see these sisters, they've reached out to Jesus. They stated that Lazarus was very sick. It is kind of interesting though, isn't it? That they don't really make a direct request, but they just kind of state the problem. I find that kind of interesting. Now, they didn't... I'm sure they were looking for a response from Jesus. I mean, if I'm going to say, Lord, my sister is sick, I think I'm obviously looking for a response. But I did find it kind of interesting. I wonder, because they knew Jesus, they knew Jesus loved them, they loved Jesus, I wonder if they were just assuming maybe that Jesus would reach back to them and perform a miracle. Obviously, they've seen it before, they've witnessed it. Um, but they just said, Lord, your dear friend... He's very sick. Now, I know that I don't know the situation exactly why they didn't make the request known, but instead only stating the fact. I know for myself, I do run into that sometimes. Sometimes I'm scared to pray for direct answers. Now, you know, it's like if you have a very close friend that is sick, you might say, Lord, please heal that person. But sometimes it's kind of scary to pray that way because you don't know what the answer is going to be for sure. And I don't know if that was the case in this situation, but sometimes it is difficult for me to pray sometimes because I'm scared of maybe what the answer will be. I don't know. Sometimes maybe I can pray a little more like these sisters and just let the Lord know, talk to Him, and just say, Lord, this is what's going on in my life. Please do Your will. And I don't know if that's really what these sisters were thinking, but I know a lot of times that is what, how I kind of need to praise, Lord. Here's what's going on. I just pray for your will, not mine. It is definitely fine to make our request known to God, though. Don't make no mistake about that. But we also do need to understand and trust the outcome. Because sometimes our request, the answer is no sometimes. But let's look back here. Let's look at uh, back to John chapter 11. We're going to look at 4 through 7. 
But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Can you read that story? Jesus has received the message. Yes. But if you look at this, if you create a timeline, if you think about how long it would have taken for Jesus to get the message. Two days. Yes. Lazarus would have actually already been dead by the time Jesus would have received that message. Now, no one else probably knew that. I mean, Jesus obviously knew. But no one else knew that. And so it's, it's interesting that Jesus like, oh, just wait a few more days. Now, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. You see that he says, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. <laughs> now, I think the disciples hearing Jesus' statement would just assume that, Jesus, that Lazarus would have been healed. And that he would have recovered from whatever sickness that he had had. They didn't know, the disciples didn't realize that Lazarus had already died. But look in verse 4. Jesus continues with an explanation. You see that? It know it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. I'm going to turn, turn back here. I think this is important, as we were just talking about prayers and praying for God's will and how we should pray a little bit. So I want to turn to John chapter one, uh, John. Chapter 9, verse 1. John chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. That's tough to accept, isn't it, sometimes? Can we accept sometimes that things just happened just for God's glory? For no other reason. I think, to me, that's personally, it's, it's, that's hard to accept. It's hard to answer that question. You can see something happening in this world that doesn't seem just, it doesn't seem fair, we don't understand it, and we see, I mean, this guy's, this particular story is talking about a man being blind, or if it's a, a person being sick. It's clear here, he says, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Then this story we just looked at, he said, it happened for the glory of God, that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Are you okay with that? Yes. Well, yeah, you're better than me, because I find that really hard to accept sometimes. It's difficult. Um, but this is so important for us, I think, when we experience things like this in this world that are hard to accept, is to have such a firm foundation in this world. To be so planted in faith and understanding who God is, and understanding who we are in Christ, this will help us as we face these different difficult situations. Let's look at, look at verse 5. Turn back. Look at verse 5. It 
So, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, John, the author of this, is making sure that we all understand that Jesus loved this family. Before, he continues to tell us what Jesus is now going to do. As I read this, this kind of reminds me of being a father. You know, sometimes my children, they have some lessons that they need to learn in life. Sometimes they're difficult lessons. And sometimes there's discipline that needs to take place. And I can see myself, a lot of times I'd be like, I really love you so much, but I, I gotta discipline you, I gotta do this. And that's not, I mean, it's not the case right here, but it's funny, is right before Jesus, they're gonna explain what Jesus is gonna do, he's like, I love you, just remember that before I do this next thing. I know as a father sometimes I've kinda said that to my kids. It's like, I love you so much, but I gotta do this. And I just gotta know, I, I, I could say that Right before, usually, there's a difficult lesson that's going to be instilled in their lives. So, I don't know. Let's go to look at 6 again. He stayed where he was for the next two days. He waited two extra days before returning. Why did Jesus do this? I mean, Lazarus was already dead. Jesus knew it. Why wait two extra days? Why would Jesus put everyone through this? Why would Jesus allow that family, that Mary and Martha and all their friends and all their relatives to sit there and grieve and suffer that loss and experience that heartache and that hardship for two extra days while he waited? Why would he do that? I, it's kind of, you know, I, I thought about it and I think, you know, the real reason is, which is hard to accept, is love. When you see that initially, you're like, well, how does that work? The reason here is that there is a much bigger picture. There's a much bigger lesson. There's a lot of other people that would be affected by this. And Jesus saw that bigger picture. And he saw that how many people through this miracle could come to know him and come to understand who he was and come to believe in who he was. And so because of love for all these people, these other few people had to experience some grief, some pain. So it's interesting. I think that Jesus he just had a much bigger picture. And sometimes when we're in the middle of that, it's hard to see that. Okay, John chapter 11, verse 8. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were saying, we're trying to stone you. Are you going there again? The disciples were like, no way. Look back at verse 7. Let's go back to Judea, he says. And look at the disciples' response in verse 8. Are you going to go there again? Now, when I read passages like this, reading about the disciples, it kind of makes me feel better, I have to admit. The disciples, these ones that were personally chosen by Jesus, right? Personally chosen by God. They're hearing Jesus' request, right? And they're like, they don't want to go. They're, I don't want. They're like, I don't want to do that. So it makes me feel a little better. I, I, you know, they probably you look at this. They kind of had a good reason, really. I mean, maybe we think we have a good reason sometimes. We're saying, God, I don't want to go. It's way too hot in Myanmar. Power's always out. I don't want to go to church today. The power's out. That's a that'd be a good reason. But we still do that. So 
The, other, the reason here is obvious. Why didn't they want to go back? They didn't want to be, have rocks thrown at them. They had just left there, and when they left, they were trying to, they were trying to kill them. So Jesus is going to respond to these disciples, and to any of us that would argue with Jesus, or refuse something that Jesus has called any one of us to do. I'm sure everyone here has, at one point or another, said, Lord, I don't want to do that. Or, maybe you did do it, but you kind of put up a fight. It's kind of what the disciples are doing here. They're kind of arguing, like, I don't want to go. I don't like rocks. They hurt. Now, I'm sure you have a different story. Maybe it's not rocks. But it could be. I don't know. So let's see what Jesus is going to tell us all here in this lesson for all of us. Look at verses 9 through 11. This is Jesus replying. Jesus replied, There are 12 hours of daylight in every day. During the day, the people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus is falling asleep, but now I will go wake him up. Jesus has given us an analogy. What does that mean? It's kind of an interesting one. What is the meaning? This, I, this analogy, I believe, applies to everyone. Everyone here today, it applies to the disciples in. Anyone that would object or argue with Jesus' calling or Jesus' request upon you. I think so, this, this analogy or this lesson probably especially applies to me. Because I'll tell you, I can definitely argue that I don't want to do things at certain times. Um, I'm, just, I'm guilty. But you can see in this analogy, really what it means is there's an appointed time. This is the time right now in this story for Jesus. This was his time to go about doing God's work. Turn to John chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. John chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who has sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. This is your and I's appointed time now. It is, this is our time now to go out and share the gospel. We have that opportunity, and we need to take advantage of this time that we have right now. Because there is a time coming when we won't be able to share it. So each one of us has this opportunity right now. This was Jesus' time when he was there. Now it's our time. And I believe this is the time that we need to go out. Now it's interesting, going back to our passage there, chapter 11. If you look at verse 11... Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go wake him up. You see that Jesus has a much different view on death than we do? Much different. How do we perceive death? When a person leaves this world, how do we perceive that? How do we view that? I know we grieve. That's natural. We're going to miss that person. But really deep down, what is our view on that? Do we perceive it as an end or a beginning? Does fear or of death? Do you ever have fear of death? Does your fear of death has it ever prevented you from following God's purpose or calling in your life? Now, personally, I can't really say I've had that happen, but I definitely, hundred percent, have had that happen with my family. 
I have, there's no doubt, I, I fear what would happen to my children, to my wife. And that has definitely made me question sometimes what we're doing, even here. When I, my wife has been in the hospital, when my children have been in the hospital, when we uh, face different things, you know, when, um, just so many different occurrences, I can't even go through the list. But I start fearing what could happen to them. And there's no doubt, when I'm in that fear, it affects my ministry and how I go out and share. And so I think that we, I just have to have the right perspective on that. And just understand who God is in this picture. And who He's called each one of us to do. And trust the Lord in this. Um, yeah, Jesus sees this death of this body is more, in this, if you look at this passage, He sees it as no more than falling asleep. And then one is to awaken to his arms. If we are believers, that's what death is. It's just a falling asleep and awaking in heaven. We are believers today. That's what it is for us. Look at 12 through 13. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will get better. He will soon get better. They thought, gee, they, good. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. The disciples, they didn't get it. They did not understand, and they did not want to go. They were trying to come up with whatever excuse they could come up with not to go. And they're kind of arguing with Jesus. They don't want to go. Now, Again, I think they didn't want to go because they feared for their lives. They feared rocks hurt, right? They didn't want to go. Uh, you know, sometimes for all of us, following Jesus, it does hurt. There's cost. And at this time, they didn't really, uh, they weren't willing to take that cost, I guess. Now, this has been an interesting conversation we see between Jesus and the disciples. Jesus says, hey, go. They say, no. Jesus says, Go. They say it's too dangerous. Jesus says go. They say they don't understand why they have to go. Jesus says go. You ever have conversations like this? I have. Jesus has made a request to the disciples, and I'm sure in every one of our lives in some way, go, follow me. Jesus is going to tell them again. We're going to continue. He's going to tell them again. He's going to clarify a little better. I think not just for the disciples, but for all of us. Look at 14 and 15. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I... Page turn. Wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Now, when I hear this, I, I always kind of imagine myself there. I say that a lot. You, you imagine Jesus after this back and forth conversation, finally saying this, to the disciples, I imagine Jesus is like sitting them down, looking at him in the eye. He's dead. I don't know how exactly it went, but I'm sure it was a quite a conversation. He's finally like, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, and now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. I imagine it was kind of a, I don't know. Finally, do you understand? Do you get what I want you to do? Uh, Jesus is going to perform a great miracle. And all that was required from the disciples at this point is for them just to come along and be a part of what Jesus was going to do. And he just said, come. 
Go. Be a part. Jesus was doing all the work. He was the one that was going to perform the miracle. All they had to say is, yes, I'll go. So Jesus said here, said, come, let's go. So Jesus' works, we will see, will testify of who he is. Now, the, the disciples, all they had to do was go, right? All of, most of us, that's, that's what we have to do. We have to go. Jesus will take care of us. He will do the work. He will provide. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times, even if we do say yes, a lot of us, I know for me, I always seem to give conditions. All go, but. Only if this or that. Jesus, look at Jesus in verse 15. It says, come. This is going to be done so they will believe. What is it going to take for them to truly believe and trust Jesus? So what would it take for us? He's asking them to come. Let's go. Let's go see a miracle and see what God's going to do. Let's go see what Jesus is going to do. Will they, will us, will we truly surrender to following Jesus? Even if you believed that Jesus was leading you and your family into a place that you didn't want to go. Or maybe that you felt was dangerous, like here with the disciples. I mean, the disciples truly probably believed they were being led to their deaths, possibly, to a stoning. But Jesus is clear. Just follow me. So let's go. Let's finish up and see what the disciples are going to do. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to the fellow disciples, Let's go too and die with Jesus. I love that. That's our last verse for today. I, I just laughed as I imagined this conversation, right? I mean, you just look back at that. I mean, it starts with Jesus just told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes I'm glad I wasn't there. And it continues with Thomas saying to the disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. I, I imagine, I mean, you can read different commentaries, I imagine him just throwing his arms up and saying, just give it in. Let's go, let's do this. And uh, you know, it's funny, it's, a, you know, it's called the twin, so as I was looking into a lot of the commentaries, I actually didn't, some of they say, you know, he's twins, a lot of people assume maybe he looked like Jesus. And so, he would probably be the first one to get stoned. I'm sure there was a little bit of sarcasm in Thomas's statement, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. But what a verse to live by. What do you think? Maybe we could uh, get some shirts and some coffee cups. Get that verse on there. Maybe put it back here. What do you think? It'd be a good verse to live by. Let's go and die with Jesus. Whatever the tone, the disciples were off to follow Jesus. I've never seen that verse on a coffee cup or a t-shirt or on a church wall. But, uh, you know. So look back. What do we see here? Let's just do a quick review. We see a family, right? We see a family that was in need. Um, one of their most sick. This could be like any family today. Just like we heard prayer request earlier. Uh, of the people that were sick. Um, this family was facing a problem uh, that their brother was sick. They sent a message to Jesus, letting Jesus know what was going on. Although Jesus didn't know, but they still they sent that message. Um, this happens every day, right? I mean, to all of us. This happens within our own families, right? 
we say, Lord, you know, we just we ask for prayer for my three daughters today. Um, your, grace, your grace is long. This could happen to any one of us. Lord, my daughters are sick. Lord, Grace's mom is sick. So this family that loved Jesus and this family that Jesus loved is letting know their need. Now Jesus receives the message. He's heard their message. If it, in this time it was through a messenger. Today it's through our prayers. It's interesting in this story, Jesus waited. He waited two days. There's a lesson in this. Now maybe sometimes that happens to us. I asked you earlier, this is kind of when it gets a little more difficult. Can you accept that sometimes? That maybe there's a bigger plan or something bigger going on outside of what we can view, outside of our knowledge, that God is going to use the situation for His glory. And then maybe, 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 many, many people can come to Christ through it. We don't know. Can you trust God when it's two days late coming? That's tough. It's really tough sometimes. And sometimes Jesus calls on his followers just as he calls on us just as he did on these disciples in this story. Right? He calls us to go be a part of the work that he's going to do. Which requires us to respond. It requires us, even if we don't understand, even if we're scared, even if we don't agree, to go, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. These disciples, they argue back and forth a little bit, right? But finally, let's go with Jesus. I think that is the best response any of us can have. Let's go to and die with Jesus. What do you think? Kind of an interesting message. Now maybe sometimes, as we talked about earlier, our view of death gets in the way of saying yes. That'd be scary. When we die... What do you expect to happen? What do you expect your next conscious moment to be when you die? When a loved one dies, what do you what do you think their next very next moment will be? That next moment, that very next instant moment, will reach the voice of Jesus calling them by name, embracing them and walking with them with arms wide open. This is the promise that we all have. This is the promise of eternal life. That this life is only a step towards spending eternity with Jesus in heaven. And I think with that perspective of death, will open us up a little bit more to say yes when we're afraid of circumstances. Jesus is looking for responses as he was looking for the disciples. All he asked of the disciples is just to go with him. He was going to do the work. Are you willing? Even though they might get rocks thrown at them. Even though you might get some rocks thrown at you. There might be a little cost in it. Are you willing? Will you go? Or are you fearful? Because Jesus did an amazing work here, which we'll see next week. But right now, today, the request has been made. The request has been made by the family. And the request is made by Jesus to the disciples, which is every one of us.